Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including Incredibles 2, which we'll be getting into right now. I'm Dylan Heisen, and today I'm joined by Beatrice Murad. Hi! And Alex Bonilla. Hola! Uh, yes, tonight we're talking Incredibles 2, our reactions podcast. Uh, the movie just came out uh, tonight. It's We're recording this Thursday night. We just saw it. I literally just got out of the theater. Uh, Beatrice and Alex, I think, have had a little bit to sit on it. And we'll be giving you our initial takes and thoughts on this huge uh, Pixar animation release. Um, we'll also have a recap podcast up later this weekend that Beatrice is hosting that'll go into more detail. But if you just want... Some initial takes here on what we thought of the movie. We'll start off in no spoilers. And then when I say so, we'll get into some more spoiler sections. So if you haven't seen it yet, you can listen to our non-spoiler takes. Um, but tune out once I say so a little bit later in the podcast. Check out OverlyAnimated.com for everything animation. Um, we talk animated movies. Beatrice does a lot of that stuff. And uh, you can uh, subscribe. Make sure not miss any of our future podcasts, including our Incredibles to recap. So, um, yeah, let's get into things. Uh, we're fre- fresh takes here. Um, so let's let's give some brief non-spoiler takes. Alex, why don't you start off? What did you think of Incredibles 2? I, I loved it. Like I, I think it's a it's almost a perfect follow-up to the first Incredibles. Uh, I think it, it does a very similar thing to the first movie where it, it follows these very classic tropes, but it somehow it manages to do it in a way that's very fun to watch. And also like it has really great action sequences, but it also does really well when it decides to be quiet too. Like especially in the the scenes with that are focused on on uh, on Mr. Incredible, like at at home. The, those scenes that I really enjoyed, similar to like the quiet scenes that are the first half of the original film. Also, I think that giving more focus to Elastigirl helps a lot. Violet is still incredible in this movie. Like she, once again, she gets a good, a good side arc to deal with. I, I even think Dash is better in this movie than he was in the first one. Like I, I feel like they give him, they make him less annoying, but like still keep his character. So I, I, I enjoyed the, uh, this movie's usage of Dash there. And uh, yeah, so like the the, ma- the main cast, which is who I'm, I went to watch the movie for, they all continued to be awesome just as they were in the first movie. So I, I found this a very enjoyable experience from beginning to end. And uh, I- I've seen people say that this it doesn't measure up to the first film, but I think that there is an argument for this to be somehow better than the first movie, I think. Wow, strong takes from Alex to start off. I love it. Per- perfect follow-up, uh, he says. And I-, I really agree on the the uh, Dash stuff. I thought he was like, like a delight this movie. I didn't even like him that much in the first one. So, so that's a good take, too. Um, Beatrice, what are your initial thoughts on Incredibles 2? You know, it's a, it's a shame that this isn't like a video type of thing because the face I made when Alex said that, the face <laughs> I made when he said that this well, may be a better film, like, it, no. Was it, was it one of disgust or one of surprise? <laughs> no, it's a disgust. It's a shame. Wow. Shot, shot's face. No, this is the incredible. Like, it's unfair to compare the two because The Incredibles is such a perfect movie on its own. Um, so I came into this, you know, trying to lower my expectations again it's been 14 years which is like a long wait um and as as they reminded us in the beginning of the movie yeah yes and yes as they reminded us and it really shows you who they know the audience like they know who's watching this movie they know that it's not really kids they're going to see this movie it's the people who've been waiting 14 years for it um i think i think kids but, are seeing the movie too but no, yeah. totally there are kids in the theater too but it was like product like there were so oh, many yeah on, on our opening night kids. ones it was a lot of adults <laughs> there yeah. were so many people shushing the kids they're like be quiet <laughs> because they were like no this cannot be ruined for us um 
But yeah, there I definitely like my heart swelled when I heard like the ba da 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 ba da like the theme song happened and I was like, ah, it's, we're back, we're back. And the film does a great job continuing the story. Um, it's not, I, it doesn't measure up to the first one. It can't, I, it doesn't. It's just so visually breathtaking to look at. Like they, it just, especially seeing like even from like inside out to now, because this, again, this is a, a, a human centric story. This isn't like cute characters or a very stylized kind of art form. This is people, which is much harder to pull off. And throughout the entire movie, I had to const- I was just constantly in awe of how good it looked. It just looked so breathtakingly spectacular that, um, yeah, it was nothing short of incredible. I really, really uh, liked, I really, really enjoyed the movie. I watched it with a smile on my face. Um, and yeah, thumbs up. Yeah, Mark, five minutes down for the first incredible uh, reference. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I loved it. Uh, I thought it was, I guess I'm slightly more towards the Alex side, although I'm definitely on Incredibles one over two, but um, it's, I thought it was, I thought it was great. The, it was gorgeous. The action sequences were incredible. Were, yeah. Okay. I can't say that. Action sequence was really great. Um, the, the, uh, like the action side of the plot I thought was very good. I'll have some, you know, I, d- I don't love some parts of the direction it went in. Um, the, the domestic stuff was, was very good. I thought all the characters were really sympathetic. Uh, it's, it's definitely like a satisfying follow up, even though I, I, I guess I don't think like the, the scale is there compared to the first movie. Mm, yeah. Um, I didn't necessarily feel the stakes, uh, as much, which is, I guess, sort of my main issues, but I thought it was, I thought it was really, really great. I really want to get into a lot of spoiler stuff, but, uh, yeah. it's, <laughs> it, it's really great overall. I guess, uh, another thing is I thought the dialogue, um, basically throughout the movie felt very general and, uh, almost no, no sections of dialogue stood out to me as particularly good. Um, yeah, I agree with that very strongly. There, they, they were, they could have done something really interesting given the type of word choices they were using, but it just all kind of felt very empty to me. I I, re- I really wish the script, the script was slightly was slightly yeah. more tuned. Yeah. Um, yeah. There, there's one segment with Elastigirl that that stood out to me, but like more in terms of tone rather than I guess the words she's saying. But we'll we'll get to that, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's just uh, I, that that was my only thing that I was like, oh, this is. I mean, it's it's interesting because these this, this movie is predicated on it being these uh, tropey characters that are based off of the family roles in a nuclear family. So like the like the characters themselves are supposed to be like stereotypes. So building a sequel is its own type of thing off of like these uh, not fleshed out things. So like I, I kind of understand the difficulties that would go into the story in this. But anyway, um, yeah, let's look. We can get into this more, and let's well, let's get into spoilers now. Uh, we have to discuss uh, villain stuff, all that. Uh, there's twists, so make sure you don't keep listening if you haven't seen the movie. So spoilers for Incredibles 2. Um, starting now. So I, I guess the main thing to to talk about would be the the villain with Evelyn um, and uh, what, what we thought, how that was handled in the movie. Uh, Beatrice, what was were you surprised by? No, <laughs> no Al- I wasn't. Uh, Alex, were you surprised? Honestly, yes. Although I think I was influenced in part by hearing that the Bob Odenkirk character was going to be the villain up in the lead up. So like uh, up to like about halfway, I was still like, okay, he he's the puppet master around us somehow. 
like not not till the scene where they go into the dark building is where you start thinking well it, he like i think that there's a scene where they show him watching the 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 screens and like there's where i began to doubt but yeah I, i've seen people say that they noticed it from the beginning i maybe i'm just slow with these twists but i didn't catch until pretty late in the movie why not surprise beatrice I mean, they were just very heavy-handed with it, um, and every scene that that Evelyn was in, um, and especially with her and her brother, even just in terms of like the lighting of the frame, he was always shown in the light, and she was always shown in the shadows and the dark. Um, and you know, it was just like at one point they go through like the whole Batman origin within the movie. Like there's the whole Martha, like the yeah. death of the family sequence, and I was like, okay, are they gonna like? Are they going to do it with him? But then I feel I feel like he was the obvious choice, right? He was the one who was like, of course it's going to be. Like, he's going to be the bad guy. He's going to be the villain. But then I thought that, I don't know. I, for me, it was just very clear from the beginning that, of course, she's going to be the one that's, that, that, that goes bad. Um, why? I don't know. I think maybe I didn't call on her motivations. I thought her, she was actually good. I thought it was going to be a lot more maybe like, feminist in, in a way especially after cars three i was expecting much more uh, overtly feminist takes because you know i thought it was going to be like okay like he's taking control of everything and i'm not getting none of the credit and i'm doing all the work and i can't be in the front or whatever maybe that and then it could have tied in well with like the whole working mom kind of thing with elastigirl like I, I was expecting kind of that that's not what happened it was much more simpler but in terms of like the twist no, I called it very quickly because of just simply the way everything was framed. It was it was very easy for me to catch. I'm going to ignore that your that response contained the phrase, especially after Cars Three. Um, well, let's let's not let's not get back. Dude, but, don't well, underestimate well, Cars Three. Like I hated it until like the final okay. act, and I was no, like, okay, oh, well, okay, we're not getting into that. Um, yeah, I, I so I I thought it was uh, the Bob Odenkirk character, right? Like I think that's the obvious uh, where they're going with it. It's it's like when you meet the two of them, it's like okay, one, like, something bad's happening with them. Like so so in that regard, it's I feel like Incredibles one didn't have that with. Uh, um, you know, with the with the sidekick, it's not like oh, he's it's gonna come, he's gonna come back later in the movie and be evil. Like I didn't feel like, but when I initially met these characters, like okay, these they're, they're bad in some form. I did think it was gonna be him. So when it turned out to be just be her, like even when it was like oh, she's she's bad. Like when she gets the the glasses uh, or the slapped over the goggles, I, I thought it's like it's both of them. Like that's where I thought it was going. So I am surprised it was just Evelyn. Um, but I I like I like the concept of it just being the of just being her. Um, I think it's like uh, subversive, like having like an awesome female villain is is like a great call here, especially in Elastigirl and an Elastigirl centered movie. Um, I thought that her like like her presence and her being like the tech behind everything. I thought all oh, that's great. Um, I'm underwhelmed by like her motivations and the the scale of what she was trying to do. Like I think that like really held the third act back for me because. I, I don't she never seemed like the threat to me like where is she escaping to at the end you know like what yeah. what what's what's what she she's she's directing a boat at the city okay you know like what, what like what's what's what could go wrong here i didn't really understand can we also talk in since we're talking about like stakes i feel like a big problem with this movie is that they don't really show the I guess like I guess the governmental presence, like the politicians who are leading, causing this kind of uh, oppression of like superheroes and all that, I didn't really feel that in this movie. And I well, feel like if we had actually put a face to it instead of just 
like they were just be there was just a lot of kind of very overtly they were like oh it's you know the politicians are bad and blah and this and that and it's like well show us someone show us uh, show us like them actually showing and the ambassador ambassador doesn't count because ambassadors are just representatives they're not the actual lawmakers so i'm just like come on show us like the people that you're that you're criticizing and then maybe give us like a sense of like i just i never felt this sense of like how is this negative like how beyond Bob wanting to wear his suit again, are they feeling the oppression of being hidden? I did, I don't know. I just felt like I needed more, like you said, I just, I needed more stakes and more of a, I don't know. I just felt it was very close. Yeah. I, th- where, I think it was very, it was very derivative of the first movie, like well, the, set, yeah, the yeah, setup that the they presented I, there. That, yeah. That's the thing. I think they were very dependent on you having watched the first yeah. movie because I do think that first movie does implant very well, especially in the that the intro sequence that we've gushed about before, like how how the process went of like the government slowly turning on the supers and then the supers going into exile. Like they they go through all that with you, but in the second movie they kind of assume that you remember that information, but maybe that that's the wrong assumption. Well, I to do make remember there. because again I've seen I saw I, we did the Incredibles the first Incredibles podcast like just a couple weeks ago so i do remember it i think for me it's more of like part of the argument is like what about our kids like how are they going to deal with this and before it was very much like how does an adult transition from being one thing to being another for me it was like well you could have shown like how hard is it for a kid in high school to be different and whatever i mean they could have shown way a different way of showing the suppression and why the adults have to take charge to change it for the sake of the future yeah, there's yeah. just there were ways where they could have actually amped up the stakes in this movie because if we're just going to keep treading the same argument again which is okay we gotta we gotta fix these people we gotta fix these we gotta liberate these people and make superheroes a thing again it can't just be oh we're only going to show this one side of them trying desperately to fix it we're not going to show the people who are working against them you know what i mean i just i feel like there's just this emptiness yeah, yeah. in the story yeah 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 uh, it's 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 definitely notable that we never really see the the anti-superhero side apart from like the police in the beginning and yeah they, right. you, a lot of movies cut to like the the bad politicians and stuff like that and we didn't it, we really just get the the pro superhero side so that's why it's kind of like surprising to see um evelyn so anti anti-hero at the end and i also just kind of wasn't um like a lot of, it seemed like a lot of her motivations were based on the the parents origin story that we t- that we mentioned and it's like okay i get that but um you know like what and else? The, also like uh, in her screen slaver persona she also like goes to this whole monologue of like everyone is only interested in superheroes because of simulation and uh, all you yeah. want to do is live through your screens which is admittedly a little anachronistic with the setting that we're in because like this is kind of like the 60s i'm not sure if we yeah. got to that point yet but like uh but like that, that side of stuff never really connects with her n- normal human motivations that we get at the in the final scenes. So like that's also a little weird. Like I don't know if that's part of her motivation or if that's that was just a misdirect as part of the persona. But like that that scene stood out a little bit. Like is is this an explanation or just to, something to play up the villain status? Yeah, yeah I did. Yeah, I felt like that was definitely unexplored. I was like, all right, if you're just going to ignore that this is set in the 60s and actually give us like some sort of like critique on like social media, and, like I was expecting like Elastigirl then the family to become like the Kardashians or something like and just be too over like <laughs> exposed and not like it or something. I don't know. I was like expecting something like if like if they were going to show it because I was like, OK, there's so many things that are modern that have modern day equivalents and then they just kind of did that for the sake of 
for, for nothing, for just yeah. leaving it unexplored, I guess. Yeah, I, I may, maybe um, it'll require another viewing and diving deeper, but I don't I don't see any big themes popping out to me right now, honestly. Um, maybe yeah. not super thematically resonant, uh, one of the weaker points, but uh, that's something that's kind of hard to delve into immediately in the reactions. Um, any, like, uh, anyway, Evelyn is a villain, to, I guess, close this discussion on her out. Um, like, I thought that she was, uh, I, I guess, fun, interesting overall, but not, not a lot to, to her, would yes. be my takeaway. Alex, what do you think of her? Yeah, they they try to do the job of developing her character through these conversations with with Elastigirl, especially in that in that party scene where they like have that whole discussion about like the difference between selling and creating and things things like that. So I think they do a good a good enough job of like fleshing her out as a person, but like as a as a villain, it's like a separate thing, right? It's like actually giving her motivations for doing evil things. But I think like the dialogue they give her before they make the twist that is is decent enough to carry those scenes. In that party where like they're on the couch and they're just like talking about like they're just having a normal conversation. Like I I enjoyed that scene very much. But like then at, at once we do the twist to her being a villain and she's explaining why she hates superheroes and all like that's where her character kind of falls off. But I think before that point, like she she's interesting, like she's an ironic person, like the pessimism as a counterpoint to Bob Odenkirk's optimism. So like that that dynamic, I think, was interesting to watch. Yeah, I, I like that take. I, I do think she was uh definitely interesting and i even even after the the villain turn but it didn't necessarily um i don't know maybe come together in terms of the twist i will say one thing i want to mention was the 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 uh, scene where it happens of um like she's she's she is like the mask and she like uncovers the goggles from under it she's like oh you can have the the screen both ways and then um evelyn like puts the the goggles onto her i thought that was incredible that sequence um, like I yeah. thought that was really well done and, uh, was like really tense and like, even though you're expecting something evil to happen with the two of them, I wasn't expecting that with her in that exact moment. And also just like the, the two way screen type of thing that really worked for me. I thought that scene was great. Um, the, uh, so that the, the concept of the screen slaver, uh, a lot of this movie, especially the third act is revolves around kind of mind control. And I'm, said this a lot on the podcast i'm really not a fan of mind control plots i think taking away um agency from characters we care about just isn't like pleasant to watch um so like there's a portion of the movie when you know mr incredible elastigirl frozen they're they're all they're all screen slavered and 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 that that wasn't great but i think luckily it did not last or like i think on purpose it did not last uh very long and i was very happy when you know the kids come on and they they take them off it seems like oh that was quicker than expected that we free them from that from that um but but i guess another side of the 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 mind control element is that there are these awesome new uh supers characters and it turns out they're just a vehicle to be uh mind controlled as villains uh which i mean certainly those aren't characters with much of any depth to them no that they're pretty goofy like avoid is the one who kind of stands out i like her first scene where she's kind of like very awkward around her like i, I like that part but like the rest is like yeah, they're kind of just pieces on the chessboard <laughs> they, they, yeah. they don't really serve much of a enjoyment past that exactly they're henchmen they're yeah. henchmen. That's what they are, essentially. Yeah, yeah they, they it's it's they, uh, you could you walk away from the movie with uh, except for potentially Void, where they're just like, okay, these were literally characters meant to to be in the third act as like obstacles. Um, so I don't know if that if that works fully. Although I thought they were really cool, and um, you know, like the Crusher guy is a funny moment at the end. You know, like mm, yeah. they they all they all have kind of interesting stuff. Void, I think definitely. 
um, stands out. I think her portals were really interestingly used uh, in the, all the fight sequences, and she's the, like, the, uh, the ending sequence where she's trying to get Elastigirl up to the plane. Like that 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 sequence is pretty funny. Yeah. Admittedly. <laughs> Yeah, she's trying to get her up, and then also like when she's falling, and she's like, "Use the use the parachute, so then I can portal you, and then you can fall at like a different angle, like even though you're about to hit the ground, like pull the that was like awesome. Like I think that all the way they used the void portals was was excellent. Um, also, I love uh, Void at the end talking to Violet. Um, <laughs> yeah. that stood out. Yeah. Uh, best friends. But then it was like, oh, hmm, are they, are they the same age? But then immediately cut to, uh, boy stuff with Violet again. It's like, ah, <laughs> oh, sigh. Yeah. Anyway. So, okay. So let's, let's, uh, let's pivot to Elastigirl as the, as the lead because I don't know if we've got into that enough. I thought, I think we all thought that that worked, uh, to enough of an extent. I like the, the movie's explanation that she's like the less, the least destructive one. Um, do you, Beatrice, do you think she, uh, carried, uh, like kind of the A, the A part of the movie? I think that they, I think that it's always great to see her. And I always love, especially with, they know how to creatively use their superpowers, especially hers. There's that, you know, that sequence with the train, which is just basically sh- going crazy using her superpowers. Like they're like, let's see, let's see how creative we can get with this. And it was so entertaining. And I love watching that. And, and I think it was great. My biggest thing is that I felt that her storyline, the the main plot with her felt a little disconnected from Bob and the family storyline. I just felt like, bef- again, I don't want to, com- I'm going to compare because it's hard not to, but in in the first one, in the first Incredibles, it was just so. Even though both stories were happening in diff, like separately, they were you could hear echoes of each other within each other's storylines, and they just were threaded very well together. In this one, I felt like the stories didn't really match up well. They were just two things. They were kind of like a V, two angles going until at the end they meet. Um, it wasn't so much of a thread. Um, so yeah, so I think she I I think she she was definitely great and she's probably the most interesting part. I just felt like they could have done more. Yeah, it's in Incredibles one. Uh, we get to a point very quickly where uh, it's Elastigirl and the kids going like trying to save Mister Incredible. So like we integrate the, uh, the 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 him and and the the kids and and her. And not that it, quickly though. It's not that quickly. They yeah, take that, that happens time. near the end of that movie. Yeah, it, that that's like when they like that's second half of the movie. They spend the first half of the movie pretty apart and yeah, it's like, building it's like the, this stuff. It's. It's, really, it's like the it's halfway point. I would say in, in this movie, I think it's like, uh, you know, the, we don't get to that point until until five, sixth or whatever. But um, yeah, I, I agree that at least. OK, just focusing on this one to avoid the comparisons. Yeah, it's it's like the uh, there's the family scenes and then we have a lot of cuts to uh, yeah. there, like there's like she gets she get like we have the twist and she gets uh, the goggles put on her and then we just cut back to family stuff like um that 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 uh, that felt uh pretty noticeable to me that we just uh it, they did seem a little despair what do you think alex well i think of the thread they were trying to to connect each one was the whole gender roles thing or like where what am i what am i supposed to do in this role of the family because we begin with uh with bob being like i have to be the one to do this stuff and like if we frame it as oh because i'm a superhero like uh, i i need to show off but like it, it also comes off as like uh, I'm the man. That's kind of my my thing. Oh, that's how and I the, read it. I didn't yeah, read it yeah. as oh I'm a superhero. I read it as oh I'm the man of the family. I have to be the one to do it. Yeah, that seems to be 
one of the easier ways to interpret that. And like uh, throughout, and then we get to Helen being like, I, I can do this on my own. It's fine. Let me do it. And Bob is showing resentment throughout the entire movie on that front while trying to fill uh, Helen's more traditional role in the family. And in the meantime, while Helen is doing her things, we also have some conversation with Evelyn about, like, uh, this is your chance to be in the spotlight, finally. Like, this is your chance to stand out without being in, in, in Bob's shadow. So, like, I think that's the thread that was trying to be connected between them. But I, I agree that, like, if you if you think that that's the main thread, by the end, it's uh, it kind of gets uh, hidden away and, like, dealing with the villain. And the villain, since her motivations are not related to that at all, we don't really get a, a like a tie up in that front except for just Bob and um and Helen being proud of their proud of each other and proud of their children but that doesn't really relate to how we began the movie per se so like I, I think it was doing a good job of paralleling the storylines I I think that they they were actually doing that pretty well but by by the third act it kind of got thrown by the wayside to focus on all of these action sequences yeah, I like that take too. Um, I, yeah, I think that's definitely what they're going for with that sort of parallel. And even if they don't, um, you know, like directly tie into each other, maybe like thematically tie in like that. Um, but yeah, I agree that the villain maybe doesn't relate to any of that at all. Um, think, thinking about all this, I, I really think of Incredibles 1 as kind of like a narratively perfect movie. Like yeah. you just watch it and it's just seamless and it's like everything's clicking. Um, like there's not, not necessarily a ton of character depth or, or whatever, but it's just start to finish and i think this movie i feel like the strengths are the animation the action sequences um and i think i think maybe the narrative is one of the weaker parts which is interesting um, i mean it's like, a superhero movie yeah um well yeah. so was the first one but i, th- no, I, I think- know but this one's the superhero movie of today like it's a superhero movie of this new era of superhero movies which yeah, is well, narrative wise may not be great but the action sequences visually it's great yeah, I think what's interesting, the first movie I think of more of as a spy movie than uh, than a superhero movie. I think that's uh, like, especially the second half sequences, what they're what we're going for more. This movie, um, I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, it, it's I think it's still kind of a, a genre thriller, uh, maybe more so than than a superhero movie. But um, because that's always kind of the shtick of, of Incredibles. Uh, well, like also, I, I think that both the Incredibles one and Incredibles two are family movies as well. where like we're dealing with a family dynamic. I think in the first movie, it does a better job of like keeping that in the focus throughout the movie. Whereas like uh, in this movie, I think it do- it does pretty well, especially with the the Bob scenes of like incorporating the whole family dynamic stuff. But when we get to the super to the superhero stuff, like because we're in- involving Frozone and all these extra heroes into the midst, so like there there are like brief moments of, of like interaction between them and like the moment where Bob is like I'm proud of you, Violet for like making the right decision in the whole ship ship uh, redirecting scene. But like you you get those bits and pieces, but I I I think it just gets lost in the in the fight in a way that it didn't it, it was incorporated very well into the final fight of the first movie. You know I'm gonna after hearing what you just said, I think I'm gonna take back what I said about Elastigirl. I don't think that she was, she did a good job in, in carrying the main plot of the movie because the most interesting stuff was the family stuff. Yeah. Well, that's the more interesting character stuff. No, totally. No, but I mean, Elastigirl's super interesting though. And the thing is like, even when, for instance, when, when Bob was away on the Island, it was like, it was like, clearly this is like a theme of like midlife crisis and all that. Whereas with her, it was just purely adventure and fun. There wasn't any much, there wasn't a lot of character study. So um, I'm going to, 
flip over and say that go on the other fa- go on the other side despite the fact that I love Elastigirl um I don't think that part of the story was strong at all I I I think that it was like it was like thrilling it was great action wise and we focused on the good parts of that I think I think she carried it like she's an interesting character I, none of these none of these characters have an up debt that they can just carry an a plot on their own like they're asking Elastigirl to do so I like I understand I understand that take like there there's no, there's, her character doesn't have a ton of depth there so there wasn't uh you know it wasn't like it was that uh characterization wise that interesting but I still thought uh, her stuff in in the A was really good but yeah let's talk about um Mr Incredible and the B cuz that was a lot of time spent in the movie was at their new house um and yeah. like jack jack uh jack jack is like going nuts <laughs> 30% of this movie like maybe like maybe higher what do uh, what do we think of jack jack uh hot, better than what i expected honestly like i i had low expectations that i was worried that he was gonna dominate the plot but i, I actually think that they gave him enough time like that they they focused the, the the other characters around him so like including the other characters instead of like just they had the one Jack Jack scene with the raccoon, and like you have your old Looney Tunes that sequence scene is for like really five minutes. Long. Oh yeah, you, you, you have that for five minutes, but like everywhere else, Jack Jack is surrounded by other characters. It's Violet and Dash like trying to wrangle him in. It's Mister Incredible trying to wrangle him in, and like he he gets involved in the final fight scene. So I think overall they do a good job of, of including Jack Jack with other characters to like balance, make him not annoying on his own. <laughs> Also, the Edna, the, the Edna Mode scene is just incredible. I, I, I love I love Edna Mode still, and like her reaction to Jack Jack is just perfect. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, we can talk Edna now. So because then when she, when uh, Mr. Incredible comes back and uh, like uh, Jack Jack <laughs> is imitating her, yeah, that's one of the best scenes in the movie, I think. Um, like that's like Jack Jack is super sympathetic and he's funny and his sequences are like really gorgeously animated and stuff like that. I, I can't help but feel that the Jack Jack versus Raccoon scene, which felt like fifteen minutes, was uh, I don't know if it was, but like, it, it was like five minutes. It wasn't that oh, bad. God, I, I I can't help but feel like that is beneath the movie. You know, like that felt like I was watching Minions, not not Incredibles. Anyway, yeah, um, yeah, Beatrice, Jack Jack, I. Here's an idea. What if they had made that sequence with Jack Jack and the raccoon a short? Why why not make well, that? It, did, it felt like there, a short. There, yeah. there, like, there, there like have been Jack Jack shorts before I, after the first incredible. Exactly. Movie. So that's they, what I'm saying. That. I'm just like, why couldn't they do it again? If anything, why couldn't they have opened the I don't know. I just feel like that could have been a perfect short. And in and of itself as a standalone. And in terms of quality, in terms of the tone of the movie, like that would have worked really well on its own i just feel like if you mentioned that he's like 30 percent of the movie had he been dialed down to 20 percent, then i would have been it would have been perfect but because he took up so much time it's kind of i don't know i just feel like there comes a point in the movie where it does drag and i feel like maybe if they didn't overdo the jokes with jack jack then maybe it would have been not as it wouldn't have dragged as much um i don't know i just think that He's, you know, he's, there's only, I guess, I don't know. They they just kept giving him new powers. They didn't stay with the, the, the ones we were introduced to in the first one. They just kept adding more and more to him. And he kind of became like a deus ex machina for, for like a moment where like (laughs) any random thing that they needed a solution for. Oh, let's just give it a Jack Jack. He has this new power now. That's the joke. He has all these powers. He's super powerful. I don't know. I just felt like he was, he... I, I don't know. I just think that they 
over relied on him and they not only override, but overestimated how much of him we wanted. Like so many people obsessed over Jack Jack, but I never understood that. I'm like, he's a baby. He's there's no, there's only so much depth you can give a baby because he's still forming himself. Like there's only so much you can do. I think, I think a lot of people are going to love the Jack. Yeah, Jack there's stuff, definitely you know? an audience oh, no, for this. Like, loved yeah. it. Yeah, that scene got the biggest laughs in my theater, honestly. Well, like for me, as like more of a someone who cares about quality, I'm just you know, (laughs) I would rather him be shrunk. Not to say take him out. More care about the other parts, you know, like the more maybe the more serious parts. Um, like yeah, I think for Jack Tech, even though like every time he was in the movie, it like it really did work. I don't think like I did for me, it didn't necessarily drag. Like I think even the raccoon seat I enjoyed. It's just um like it amounts to like he was in such a significant part that I felt like uh maybe he could have done more with with other characters um i, I don't know it's it, it's like it's he it, it comes across like he's too much of a mascot like a, a typical disney animated movie with, yeah. with like the mascot character and that's the jack jack in this movie even though he was his powers were great it was all really well animated i it's very at times extremely funny especially the edna stuff so um i still think it's like a positive um but that's a potential criticism um the rest of the the family uh st- scenes we have uh dash with the math homework and uh and Mr. Incredible, uh, what do we, uh, what, what do you think about the math stuff? That was also a lot of moving. I want to, I, I want to at least highlight the scene where like he's trying to help him do math. He, they, they fail, but like then he go, he's like going to bed. He's like grumbling to himself. It's it's quiet in the house. He's like rumbling around in bed. He stares at the clock. He gets up because he he still has that in his mind and like goes downstairs and like pick up, picks up the textbook. It's like, how hard can it be? Like that that little scene, it reminded me of a similar scene in in the first movie where like we just like see him do his office stuff. It, it like it in in a movie that's full of comedy and action, like it still takes this time to like be quiet and like like just show the character going through an internal struggle. And so, like, I, I just really appreciated that scene in particular because it kind of stood out in the rest of the noise of the rest of this movie. I would argue they didn't stay quiet enough. I would say that that was one of the few, like, kind of gems of the quietness that kind of echoes the first movie. And I don't think it was there that long, to be honest. It was the scene from the trailer, and then it was the scene of him learning it and then teaching him. I don't think it was that present. Of a, of a of a of a thing if anything it's kind of like dash was brought down to like a five percent of the movie and then jack jack kind of took over his part yeah and yeah, then I mean, dash is definitely the least utilized of the of the kids um which and, and, and the, no, not like whatever but point is like i don't know if it was it was like that i i didn't feel the math to be that present. It, just, it just came back like over the over time i think a few a few times in the movie but it definitely not to the scale of the jack jack usage um i agree with alex earlier that jack that dash was a lot more sympathetic here i thought his reactions to a lot of stuff were great so um, I thought I thought Dash was thumbs up, and I like his, his all of his interactions with Bob. I thought they were that was great, some great father son stuff there. Um, let's talk Violet. Uh, in- increase usage for Violet, I think, in this movie. Um, I my my one of my favorite things with Violet is the uh, the action, the uh, like forward uh, force use of her force yeah. field. Um, like uh, she can like throw it like that. It happens immediately. I'm like, oh, that what this this is immediately after the last movie. But yeah, she's like she's actively uses her force fit as like an attack, and I think that's really cool. Oh, also, is she the only one in this movie who manages to resist getting the glasses put on her? Like everybody else gets taken by surprise. Like she's the only one who manages to knock them off oh, well, before you, they put it on her. 
yeah, well, the, none that, of the kids she, get them on, yeah, but yeah, she, she well, yeah, on. but she, she's the scene where she fights it off. Yeah. So I yeah. guess she's the best of them, right? <laughs> she's like, <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Beatrice, satisfied with the amount of Violet in this movie? Um, of course. I'm always, I'm always a fan of Violet. Um, and I don't know, I, I really appreciate the, the humor. I mean, I, for instance, like what comes to mind for me is, after like when she's crying and she grabs a tub of ice cream, but she's like, she, her face is invisible. Cause she doesn't want anyone to see her cry. And that to me, like, I don't know. I just think that they used her very well in terms of the comedy and the teen angst and all that. Um, and I don't know. I just, I'm a really big fan. I'm kind of like, again, I'm my bias is showing, but like, why is Tony so great? I don't know. <laughs> Convince me, but, um, but no, yeah. Um, but she, her stuff was great. Her stuff was her. The tone of the humor in her was much more of like the family hijinks that we had come to love in the first one. So obviously her stuff, I definitely really enjoyed. Well, see, the thing with Tony is he's like his zero depth. He's just the uh, the token boyfriend character right, for the, right, for the right. Violet character. He's like used as a framing device in the beginning and the end of the movie. Like, uh, yeah, it's, I think it's a nice uh, subversion of uh, like gender subversion there. But I agree. I agree. Why is he so great? Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Alex, uh, Violet thoughts? Yes, I also agree that he, she deserves better than Tony, so she should move Tony, on. Tony's I'm perfectly wait. Wait, hold on. Tony comes across very well here. He doesn't forget on purpose. <laughs> he seems he seems perfectly. I don't fine. mind. Well, I, I don't mind Tony. I don't think he's the problem. I, I, I just, do. I do mind Tony. <laughs> okay. Well, he doesn't deserve violence. <laughs> look, I, all I'm saying is like, yay for subversion of things. But I'm more of a fan of give me well developed characters and give me reasons to like characters, not just don't subvert for the sake of subverting. You you know what I mean? I'm more of like, tell me why yeah, Tony's yeah. like great. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Alex, uh, highlights of Violet here. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't. I did definitely enjoy the scene of her going nuts upon learning that Tony had been brainwiped, like trying to throw the suit into the trash dispenser, like throwing it into the wall and stuff. So she, she played that very well. Uh, I think she's used properly in the in the action sequences. Um, there's also the scene where uh, Bob is apologizing to Violet for all that, and like Violet is like, uh, the, I think that that little scene also was kind of, was pretty good. Just that them bonding and like him falling asleep while Violet is hugging him, like just, it war- warms my heart. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Violet was very good in the first movie, and she's still very good in the second movie. I, I always appreciated when she was on screen. Yeah, I think she's much better, much more utilized in the second movie. I think the first movie, she's like a favorite, even though she doesn't have a ton to do. Um, a lot of it's just spent trying to make the force field. And uh, here she is uh, more, more of a focal point. And, uh, Although I think her arc is a little stronger in the first movie, because like there it's her coming to terms with like not having used her powers and then being asked to use them in, in a in a strong situation here, like because it's framed around this like bad boyfriend thing, it's like uh, ah, I don't want to be a hero anymore. It comes with problems, and then okay, well we have to be here to help people. Like it, it, it felt a little bit more superficial than the first than the arc she had in the first movie. I, I still think it did it well, but I, I think that there was a little more depth to her character growth in the first movie as opposed to here. Yeah, she had, a, she had like a firm linear uh, arc, that uh, personal arc in the first movie. And here she's a little bit all over the place and out of it. Yeah, but you still regret. She's, I think it's at the expense, uh, the, the expense of the arc. She has more to do in a lot of different uh, places. Yeah, um, I think it's important also to note that um, 
it's like three, because this is something that for me, I had to remind myself this when I first, when we first see Violet, because it's so brief in the first movie, but it says like three months later. So in in the beginning, when I, when we first see her in this one, I was like, oh my gosh, she's like a different character. She's like completely a different character. We've completely ignored the first movie. But then I had to remind myself, it's been three months since the first one. Yeah, a it's, lot it's, happens. It's, it's right three- after the epilogue, but the epilogue yeah. in the first one is three exactly. months after the rest. And, of the and that's why she yeah. had the confidence to ask Tony yes. out in the first place. Exactly. Yeah, so, so, so she's, yeah, she's more confident. Well, much technically, like in the last Tony scene. asked her out. So let's get that straight. Well, yeah, with, with, because she asserted herself and yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, okay. Uh, and we talked a lot about Bob in relation to other characters, but, um, I, I thought he was, uh, well used in the family stuff throughout here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wanted a little bit more exploration of like, of, of like, of that comment he made of why, why does he have to be the one to do it? Cause they kind of do that. They have that conversation in the beginning with, 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 uh, with Helen and him where she goes, you know, maybe it's my turn. Maybe I'll be the one to go pri- into the private sector and whatever. This is before all the superhero stuff. Um, so I def, I wanted more exploration of that. Um, but um, beside that, like his like family stuff and him kind of like being like present in his kids' lives and stuff, that's always lovely to see. Yeah, I I agree that argument of like uh, him not liking that it's uh it's it's her her turn to go up and that comes across a little bit superficially. All like they 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 reconcile and they play it as last. But yeah, um, but I thought I thought uh, him he he's he he comes across like I think increasingly sympathetic as these family scenes go on, and uh, I think that I mean he he gets the most emotional moments. He gets yeah. all the quiet moments. Elastic Girl didn't really get any of that. Yeah. Yeah, well, she gets to be the action hero, so that's cool. That's yeah. cool, too. Yeah. Well, in the last one, in the previous one, he got he, everyone got a little bit of both. So it's kind of like, in this one, it's much more, uh, uh, it's much more divided. What yeah, goes and, and I mean, in, 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 in theory, the structure of the first one is similar with uh, he goes off and then uh, they're left. But, yeah. but yeah, I do think the first one, it, it, it like we talked about before, it transitions faster to the to the second half. Um, but uh, yeah, as we've talked about throughout this, I think that the these these action sequences throughout, I think, were really incredible. And uh, it's like just all the ways we use the various powers. I mentioned like yeah. the void portals and uh, Jack Jack's powers get utilized. It's it's just that that's like to me is the thing I'm going to remember most like the animation and uh the these these action pieces and how uh, all the the all the characters utilized in them yeah yeah yeah, yeah I, I completely agree all right oh last character frozone he didn't have a lot to do no he didn't although he doesn't have that much in the first movie either yeah, but like, I, I think he's a good spice that they, they sprinkle throughout this movie <laughs> Uh, I, I I enjoy his scene where he shows up to the ha- to the house. It's like, wait, what is going on? You have a freaking baby. <laughs> like but his like face a- is when they they nailed his face after he like after the what the and the the what the f and like you know how they cut off at the end and then it's just him and Bob in the in the um on the couch and his face of just pure horror and shock and astonishment over Jack Jack. It's just they nailed that. Yeah, uh, it's he's still entertaining the small parts. He's, I'm I was shocked that they restrained themselves to one scene of his off screen wife um, in this movie. Like that was such a meme after the first uh, the super suit uh, like of the of the first one. And there's there's one small scene with the the ASAP with her. And, and Honey only got like one line. Like it wasn't even as extended as the first movie. <laughs> yeah, that was I was I was, I almost wanted more. I like I was worried it was going to be way too much because like I don't know maybe that's just in our corner. That's such a meme, but um like uh 
yeah, there was a very, very, I would uh, like to see a little bit more. Am I the only one who's disappointed that we don't actually get to see Honey? I feel like that's kind of a, it's, a it's like opportunity. It's, yeah, it's, it's I, like it, what the gag is, but at the same time, it would have been like you can use the sequel as an opportunity to flesh out the right. initial gag. Yeah, and not just that, but, you know, I feel like, I don't know, it just says, I don't know, I just felt a little uncomfortable in, like, why is she always, like, in the portrayal of her, she's always off screen, you never get to see her face, she's barely developed, it's like, she's only been used as a joke, and I just, I don't know, I felt like that might rub rub people the wrong way. Yeah, to me, to me, it comes across it comes across worse than the first movie. And this movie with the last girl as the lead and a female villain, I think it's it's uh, forgivable. But yeah, yeah, I, I've kind of accepted her status as a joke character, so I think it is funnier to keep her off screen. Honestly, I mean, I think that's their thinking is like that's the joke, you know. So, but yeah, I mean, I agree. Like it's it's a uh, kind of an inherently sexist based gag, but it's based off of this uh, nuclear family uh, expectations and stuff. I don't know. Same thing with the them as the family and their characters. Anyway. But by, by the way, there's an, there's an offhand detail thrown in by Frozen. They're like, you know, the offer's open. You can come live with me anytime. Yeah. Why haven't they done this at some point? <laughs> That's the third movie, them living with Frozen, right? That'd be great. Then we yeah, have to like, look, look where he lives. He lives in the middle of the city in a skyscraper on like the 10th floor with giant glass windows. How have you rejected this offer? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but we all know like Prozone is like breathing a sigh of relief after realizing that Jack Jack has all these powers. He's like, I don't know if I want this baby in my fancy apartment. Yeah. Afterwards, sure. But they should have taken advantage of his goodwill before he figured it out. <laughs> yeah, well they got the they got the the big house anyway. Oh, we had like Jack Jack with the uh the the couches and the water and the the controller. Or not Jack Jack Dash with that. Um, that yeah, was, that was a good introduction to the house scene, and also it kind of felt like they were just showing off. Hey, we can do water. <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot of good animation show scenes. Okay, um, we this long for a reactions podcast, so let's close out here. Uh, features final thoughts on Incredibles two. Really entertaining and enjoyable movie. Um, it's gotten nothing on the first one. <laughs> Increasingly strong take going throughout with that. Um, okay, Alex, counterpoint, final thoughts. I eat thunder and crap lightning. El- elaborate. Uh, well, that was a very good line uttered by Bob during his going insane scene <laughs> explaining uh, what, why he's failing at everything to Dash and Violet. So I, I, I enjoyed that that line. It was a very good delivery. But uh, as for Incredibles too, I think. It's a great comedy. It's a great action movie. If you're looking for the same story uh, quality as Incredibles 1, then yes, I, I, I'm going to agree that it's lacking there. But I think the go- the goals it's going for are executed well, and uh, I still enjoy it. I think after talking this through, uh, I'm going to back off and say Incredibles 2 it has a chance to be better than Incredibles 1. But I still think it's a very good movie, e- even on the Pixar level. Like I, I think it, it can stand up against a lot of the great Pixar movies just because of how well it does the things it's 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 uh, focusing on in terms of its animation, in terms of its action. And I, I think there are a lot of good lines in here that, that from all all characters. Uh, Holly Hunter, I don't think we've talked about her enough. Her voice, her voice work is incredible. I especially enjoy her being very excited during the phone call to to Bob and like squeeing with with excitement. It's just it, it, it's it's awesome. 
Uh, and uh, also, we haven't really talked about the short before the movie. Do we want to give that a quick mention? Uh, I, I just want to say maybe I really go, like yeah, that. Yeah, you can say, yeah, good, thumbs up. We can get into it maybe in the recap, Beatrice Camp. But, um, okay. okay. Yeah. I, I, all I'll say is that I felt very weird when the moment the, where the child was swallowed, <laughs> I, I, felt, I felt very sad, and the theater was howling with laughter. I was very annoyed by that. Because that, so, that was same, a very, same, yeah, same exact experience. Yep. Yeah, really? It's, it's for very. Me? emotional experience like everybody's like ha 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 like no like and then it gets sad for the next minute and they're still laughing it's like oh my god yeah no mine was like pin you could hear a pin drop we were all like this got very dark Beatrice had a more sophisticated audience yeah because also like when the short ends I like heard people saying like I hate these shorts and finally the Incredibles like people respect the shorts before the movie okay okay this was actually a good Pixar short for like I I realized we've had a kind of a low point with Pixar shorts recently but this was really good and uh, just as a person who's been a a child of very protective parents in the past I related very much to this short and I, I, I yeah, so Bao was incredible. It definitely got me in the emotional tone you need to appreciate Incredibles 2. And female director. It was directed by a female. Just needed emotional, to throw that out there. Emotional tone for okay. Um, it yeah, got but, you into uh, the whole family. Theme. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk more about. We'll talk more about that uh, in future podcasts. Um, uh, top, top ten Pixar movie, Alex. Yes or no? Incredibles 2. Yes. Okay, I, I, that's, I that's a high I don't bar. Have a ranking, but it's, it's got to be in the top ten somewhere. Yeah, for me, that's it's really, you know somewhere in that uh, six to fourteen range. But um, yeah, I really just wish there was more narrative and thematic depth. But regardless, I thought it was fantastic. So um, I'm 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 satisfied. I thought it was a great follow up. I, I don't think this is I, I don't think this is like like we've waited ten years. We finally found the exact right story, and now we're gonna make the sequel. We held out like that doesn't ring true to me based off of yeah. seeing the movie. It's like this could have been anything, you know. I feel like I feel like the story is uh, largely just a vehicle for for exploring the, these characters in this world more. Um, but yeah, very uh, big thumbs up. Very happy with Incredibles too. And uh, let us know what you thought of the movie. What were your initial reactions? Let us know in the, in the comments on the website, on YouTube comments, or anywhere. Check out overlyanimated.com and see where you can give feedback. Uh, make sure to subscribe to Not Miss Beatrice's uh, recap podcast coming up. We also have um, other animation co- coverage, a lot going on this weekend with uh, Voltron Legendary Defender Season 6 coverage coming up at overlyanimated.com. Make sure you tune in for that. Um, and uh, come chat with us on Discord, overlyanimated.com slash Discord, and support us via Patreon, patreon.com slash overlyanimated. Thank you very much to all of our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Katrin, aka Patron Katrin. And thanks as well as to our patron executive producers, John Ryan, Steve, Alex, Andy, and Q. Um, yeah, a bunch of stuff coming up on overlyanimated.com. Very busy weekend, so check all that out there. Uh, thank you guys for listening. We will see you next time. Bye. Adiós. Bye.